Hey everyone, welcome to OSC at Home, and hey, happy Mother's Day. I am so glad that you are joining us on this very special day. OSC loves moms. We're so grateful for all of the women that are in our lives that make us who we are. Hey, I wanna give a special shout out to my mom, Jolie Belt, I love you mom, my grandmother, um, Susan, uh, my mother-in-law, and so many other women that have been in my life that are just been strong women. Shout out to all the strong women that are out there. We absolutely love you and so honored that you have decided to join us today for our Mother's Day service. We have so many great things in store for you today. I would hope that you would come out later on this afternoon to our campus and man, let us love on you and encourage you and bless you. But hey, today I thought to kick off today's message, um, I would share some funny things that I've actually seen online when it comes to moms and quarantine. How many of you are ready for quarantine and the stay at home to be done? Can I get a, a, a raised hand or a, a like? Let me know if, if you're ready to be over with this. So here's a couple things that moms have said about being in quarantine during this time. Here's one, one, one mom said this, we've been in quarantine for 18 days and my nine-year-old has talked nonstop for 20 of them. <laughs> Here's another one. Uh, I showered today, put on some real clothes, did my hair and did my makeup. This is now going to be an inspirational account. <laughs> Watch this one. For the foreseeable future, this emoji, let me show you this picture. This emoji is now in reference to my quarantine bod, not to pregnancy. That's, that's funny. Watch, listen to this one. My toddler asked me to give her chicken nuggets a checkup. So after giving all of the nuggets a very thorough medical exam, I realized that my toddler was actually asking for ketchup. <laughs> you know it's been too long when you start mixing that stuff up. Today, my son got dressed in nice clothes and said it was picture day at his school. Well, his school, of course, is our kitchen table. It was either a very sweet moment or the first sign of this kid is starting to crack. She said, either way, I charged him $45 for a 15 picture package. <laughs> and last one, if this quarantine doesn't end soon, Contracting coronavirus is going to be the least of my husband's worries. <laughs> hey, I think uh, laughter is good for our soul, and I, I hope you enjoyed some of those. I would love to see some of your uh, favorite quarantine moments. If you want to put any of your favorite ones in the comments below, uh, whether that's GIFs or if that's um, you know uh, a funny picture, we'd love to see them. You know, we're living in very uncertain times right now. And, and I know if you're probably like me, you're, you're ready in a lot of ways for this to kind of just be over. Uh, and there's a lot of things that we, we don't know yet. Um, how long are we going to have to stay at home? Um, is it going to be lifted? Is it not going to be lifted? Um, when are we going to get back to some kind of normalcy? Uh, will this happen again? Um, am I going to get my job back? Um, am I going to be able to pay the bills? Um, are my kids going to survive being home even more longer during this summer? Uh, there's just so many things that are uncertain right now. And I know if you're like me, uncertainty can bring anxiety. I'm going to say that again. Uncertainty can bring anxiety. I don't know if you've experienced that in this time where there's things that just you're not sure about. 
Uh, you're not sure what's going to happen in the future. It can bring anxiety in our hearts. And I know that during this time, I've, I've had to wrestle through some of my own anxieties as I've had to uh, think through the things that are uncertain, things that I'm not sure about. And so uh, I want to encourage you today. Um, my message is not long at all. We've, we've heard some encouraging things so far. But I just wanted to encourage you today, if you're facing uncertainty, and that is bringing up some anxiety, uh, I, I want you to, to hear me today that you can trust the Lord. Now, people say this all the time. You know, I, I've seen a lot on social media, people have lost jobs or people are sick or, you know, people are going through hard times and people will comment, just trust the Lord, trust the Lord. And that is a true statement. But the question that I want to ask every time I hear people say that is, well, how do I do that? How, how do I trust the Lord? I started just writing down things because I think for many of us, it's a lot easier to tell other people to trust the Lord than it is for us to trust the Lord for ourselves. It's kind of like the difference between minor surgery and major surgery. You know, minor surgery, you just go in and you know it's kind of outpatient and it's kind of not a big deal and you know you're going to be home. But major surgery, there's so many unknowns. You're not quite sure. Your, your doctor's giving you all of the scenarios of what can happen. And oftentimes that's us when we go through life that we have these uncertainties and sometimes they feel like major surgeries. And so when someone says, just trust the Lord, you're, you're kind of wondering, how do I do that? And so I wrote down a couple of things like, how do you trust God when your marriage feels like it's super fragile right now? How do you trust God when your kids are rebelling from you? How do you trust God when someone that you love and is vulnerable and has the tendency to get sick and you don't want that to happen? Or maybe is sick. How do you trust God in that? How do you trust God when you get a report that you did not ask for? How do you trust God when uh, they're cutting back at work and you're fearful that you're going to lose your job. Or maybe they did cut back at work and you did lose your job. How do you trust God in the midst of that? How do you trust God when you've spent decades building a retirement and within a couple of months you've lost a lot of it? How do you trust God when you're so concerned with, with what's going to happen in the future? In these times, I, I think what we have to go to is when things are very unsettled, and things are very uncertain, we have to go to God's word because it is certain and God is certain. And I love reading Psalms. Psalms is one of my favorite books when it comes to times where I'm anxious, where I feel alone, where I feel afraid, where I feel uncertain. I love going to the Psalms because David was very honest about his emotions. He, he shares so much when he walks through fear, when he walks through joy, when he walks through confusion. And Jesus is all throughout the Psalms. You know, it's not natural for us to trust God in hardships, but Psalms helps us and shows us how to do that. And so I want to read one Psalm. Psalm chapter 9, verse 9 and verse 10 is the first verse I want to read today. And it says this, The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name, everybody help me with this, trust in you. Come on, let's say that one, one line right there. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. You know, the truth is, is you're, you're probably not going to trust somebody that you don't know. And I love how this verse says that those who know your name. But what is God's name? What do you call God? I, I heard a comedian say it took 23 years for him to find out that God's last name didn't start with a D and rhyme with slam it. 
<laughs> that is not God's name by any regards. What is God's name? More specifically, what do you call God? And you go, why does that, what does it matter what I call God? Because what you call God actually reveals the type of relationship that you have with them. Let me give you kind of a for example. Um, my wife, Lindsay, is my bride, my best friend. And so I call her babe. I call her superwoman. I call her the, the woman I love the most. And I got a lot of other nicknames that I'm not even going to tell you because it's none of your business. But I give her those names because we have a very intimate relationship. And really, honestly, how you call other people determines the, really the type of relationship that you have. Let me give you another example. Like um, when, when people call me on the phone and say, can I talk to Mr. Bolt? I know immediately this person does not know me. It's probably a telemarketer or somebody that's trying to sell something to me. Somebody who read something and looked and thought it said Bolt and it's wrong. Uh, if someone says, hey, Pastor Josh, then I know that this is someone who knows what I do. Um, or maybe it's someone that's a part of our OSC family. If someone says, hey, PJ, what's up? Then I know that this person is probably a little bit more involved in our OSC family and, and knows that that is kind of the name around the office and around the church that many people know me by. If someone calls me Josh, then I know that's probably a really close friend of mine. If someone calls me dad, then I know that there are three boys in this world that call me that. That means that these are probably people who I've wrestled with, hung out with, laughed with, eat dinner with often, tuck in bed, pray with. These are my sons, of course. Now, if someone calls me Joshy Washy, which, listen, none of y'all are allowed to call me Joshy Washy, then I know that my grandmother is on the phone. See, based off of what you call me determines probably the level of relationship that you and I have. And the same is true in our relationship with God. Based off of what you call God reflects the intimacy of your relationship with God. Pastor JJ said this last week in a message where he talks about, isn't it glad that we don't call God the, the man upstairs or uh, the, the big man in the sky or what's up boss? That, that when Jesus talked about God, he called him Abba, which means father. It, it described the type of relationship that Jesus had with his father. And the same is true for you and I. And so you, we ask the question, well, how do you trust God? Well, you have to know God. And so you need to know his character. You need to know his names. And so today, I just want to, in the midst of all of this uncertainty, I want to help you learn how to trust God. So the title of today's message is, what do I do when I don't know what to do? What do I do when I don't know what to do? Well, of course, the simple answer is just trust God. But how do I do that? I've got to get to know God. So I want to, I want to show you what are some of the names of God. And we're going to look through the book of Psalms. Psalms gives us some incredible picture and insight into who God is and his names. So Psalms 22 verse 19 says it like this. Oh, Lord. Do not stay far away. You are my strength. Everybody say that with me. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. I love this because the Bible says that, that David declared in the midst of his weakness, in the midst of his, his hardest moment, he said, God, you are my strength. 
I love what Paul says. Paul says that it is actually in our weakness that we get to find God's strength, that God is strong when we are weak. And every time you have a weakness, you get an opportunity to experience God's strength, God's power, God's presence. And when you give him your weakness, he gives you his strength. So if you're just going through a very rough time, all the moms that are out there, you ever just have moments where you just feel weak? You feel like, I'm just done. I just can't wait to go to bed. I don't know what to do. I'm just, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. Any, any dads out there? Any, any people that have just been in the, you've just, you feel like you've given it your all. And yet, you're still so far. You feel like you don't have anything left. Just to know, God, you are my strength. You're my strength. Let me read another verse. It says in Psalms 31, verse 5, Rescue me, Lord, for you are, everybody say this with me, a faithful God. You are a faithful God. See, the problem is, is that there are very few things in life that will be faithful. Um, people are going to let you down. Um, circumstances are going to be up and down. You're going to get disappointed. The economy is going to be good at times and then it's going to be down at times. Oil prices will be good at times. They'll be down at times. But this scripture tells us that you are a faithful God, a faithful God. And I'm just thinking through that. God, you're a faithful God. Now we are right now in the midst of a pandemic, but it's good to know that in the midst of uncertainty, we serve a faithful God. God. Come on, can I get an amen from someone that believes that we serve a faithful God? Now, I was thinking through this. We are 20 years as a church, and this is not our first crisis. We've walked through a number of crises. Thinking about we've, we've gone through hurricanes. We've gone through floods. We've gone through financial collapses. We've gone through oil spills. And now here we are in the midst of COVID-19. And you know what? Every single one of those things, I look back, and God was faithful. He got us through it. This is not our first crisis, and hey, this will not be our last crisis. But here's what I know. Here's the encouragement. Ready? God's faithfulness in the past builds my faith for the future. So in the midst of uncertainty, what do I do when I don't know what to do? I turn back. When I can't look forward, I look back. And I see the faithfulness of God. I see how God has sustained me. I see how God has walked with me. I see how God has provided for me. Come on, I'm going to preach right up out of this couch. Can anybody in, uh, that is watching this testify to the faithfulness of God? That maybe when you didn't know how things were going to work out, he just made a way where there was no way. God is a faithful God. Watch what Psalms 3 verse 3 says this. But you, O Lord are a shield around me. You are my glory. The one, watch this, I love this, the one who holds my head high. What does this tell us about God? This tells us that God is my protector. He's my shield. He's my defender. That when people speak against me, I don't have to defend myself. God will defend it for me. I don't have to try to protect myself. God will protect me. And I don't know about you, but right now, it is so easy to get discouraged. I mean, I, I, man, just to be honest with you, when the stay-at-home got extended, man, I had to fight some, some inner discouragement. 
But I had to come back to a place to encourage myself and go, okay, what do I need in this moment to be encouraged? And Psalms 3.3 is such an encouragement that God is our shield, that God is our glory, and that God will hold our head up high. You ever done something you just feel like an ultimate failure? I'm here today to tell you that the Bible says that God will lift your head up high. God can comfort you because he understands what you're going through. We serve a Savior who's walked through everything that we've walked through. And he can come alongside and lift our head. That's what we do to our children, right? When they want to hang their head, pick your head up. God is with you. God's for you. So God is my strength. We know this. We know that God is faithful. God is our shield. He holds our head up high. And Psalms 86 verse 5 says this, Oh Lord, you are, come on, everybody say this with me. I love this verse. You are so good. Come on, say that again. You are so good. So good. So ready to forgive. So full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Come on, would you just again say that out loud with me? God, you are so good. Anybody remember that song? I remember growing up. I remember my grandmother singing this song all the time. God is so good. God is so good. Come on, sing that with me. God is so good. He's so good to me. And then did you ever grow up in church where they say this? God is good. And, and, and the church would say, anybody know? All the time. And then the preacher would say, and all the time. And the church would say, God is good. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Now, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Pastor Josh, look around us. What is good? I'm stuck at home. People have died. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have died. Many have lost their jobs. Many have lost their, their retirement. Um, how can you say that God is good in the midst of everything that's so bad around us? Listen, when the economy is good, God is good. But when the economy is bad, God is good. When I'm healthy, God is good. When I'm sick, God is still good. No matter what's going on in my life, God is still good. And when things around you don't look good, know that God is still good. The Bible tells us that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You know, when you think about um, ingredients, when you think about eggs, most of us don't just eat raw eggs. That's pretty nasty. That's not good. Most of us don't drink oil. That's kind of not good. Most of us don't eat flour by itself. That's not good. But you know what? When you put all of those together and you add some chocolate sauce inside of it, and then you put it in an oven and out comes brownies, those are really good. And I need you to hear this today. No matter what you're going through, it may not be good. But God can take all of that together and mix it together. And out of whatever you're walking through, he can make it good. God is not only just good, he's so good. But I love the rest of this verse. He's also so forgiving. He's ready to forgive. That is so good news for us right now. 
I don't know if you've been a bonehead like me many times and maybe you said some things you shouldn't have said in the heat of the emotions and maybe you've been angry, maybe you've done some things that you're very ashamed of, maybe you did some things last night that you're extremely ashamed of. I just want you to hear today the incredible news of the gospel that God is so ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive. He extends his hands. He's ready. He already went to the cross to pay for your sins and my sins. He's so ready to forgive. He's so full of unfailing love. Love isn't something that God does. Love is who he is. And there's nothing you can do right now to make him love you more than he does right now. And there's nothing you can do to make you love him any less than he does right now for you. God so loves you. He is so good. He is so ready to forgive and he is so loving. Come on, that is such a great verse. And I want to end today actually with Psalms 18. And Psalms 18 says it like this. This is David. Yet again, all of these are are David's heart cries to God in the midst of so many uncertain moments in David's life when he's running uh, from, from King Saul for his life, when he's facing his own sin and failures before the Lord. He pens these psalms and says, God, you're my strength. God, you are near. God, you are faithful. God, you are so good. And Psalms 118 tells us, I love you, Lord. You are, everybody help me with this. You are my strength. Here we go. He's just reminding himself again. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my savior My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield. Come on, all these verses that we've read, they're all getting put into one now. The power that saves me and my place of safety. You see, the the Bible is deeply personal. The Bible is is a love letter that we read of God's pursuit for you and me. But can I ask you this? Can you say that about God? Is God just the big man upstairs? Is he just, you know, just someone that's distant, that you feel, that you feel is disconnected from you? Or can you say, he's my strength, my rock, my fortress, my savior, my God. See, growing up, he was my pastor's God and he was my grandmother's God, and he was my parents' God. But it wasn't until I had an encounter with God that he became my God. My God. He's now my daddy, my savior, my forgiver, my friend, my comforter, my counselor. And because I know who he is, I can trust him in the midst of uncertainty. I don't need to know why and i don't need to always know what as long as i know who god is faithful god is my strength you know i think about that in relation to my sons you know my sons don't wake up and wonder if they're going to have a roof over their head they don't wake up and wonder if they're going to eat Um, for the most part their biggest concern during the day is what are we doing today that's about it Um, all the major things in life they they don't worry about because they know dad's going to take care of them. Dad's got this. They know who their daddy is. And they know that I'm going to make sure that 
they're protected, that they're fed, that they're taken care of, that they're blessed. And today you have a heavenly father. No matter if you've lost your job during this, no matter if you're maybe sitting in the hospital uh, struggling with your own health, no matter if you're a mom and you just feel like you're at the end of your rope and you don't know what to do, I just need you to know today that you have a God that loves you so much. He wants to be your strength. He wants to be faithful in your life. He wants to be the lifter of your head and your glory. He wants to be your shelter that you run to. That is the God that we serve. And so if you feel anxious today, run to God. You feel like you're hurting today, run to God. Call out to him. He is your God. How do you know if you can trust him? It's because the more you know him, the more you can trust him. Those who know his name find it easier to trust his heart. That's my encouragement today. In the midst of this great moment that we are as a nation, and I say great because God can use it for his glory and for your good. When you don't know what to do, trust God. How do I trust God? I get to know who he is. Read his word, spend time in his presence. Get around people who can speak truth. I think your ability to not lose hope is connected to your ability to not lose truth. And today, I just want to remind you on this incredible Mother's Day that God is for you. God loves you. God is with you. God is your strength. And God wants you to know him personally. For those that are, that are just going through something right now, I want you right there with you where you are if you, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands and I want to pray for those right now that are just battling uncertainty, maybe battling anxiety. Maybe you just your heart's been filled with worry. Today, Jesus is inviting you into a moment for you to know who he is. And so Father, right there, I pray right now for every person that's watching this. God, I thank you that you are the God of peace, that you are our strength, you are our hope, God, that you are the lifter of our heads. God, that you are so good. You are ready to forgive. You have unfailing love towards us. And so today, God, I pray for every person that is watching. God, I pray, Lord, that you would flood their homes, flood their cars. God, flood their lives and their heart. Fill them with peace that only you can give. The world cannot give, but you can. God, I pray right now, Lord, for joy. That even in the midst of troubles and uncertainty, God, that we can find joy because we don't have joy in circumstances. We have joy that's found in your spirit. It is one of the fruits of your spirit. Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Today, God, I pray that you would refresh your people. We turn to you. We give you all of our worries. We cast all of our cares upon you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, listen, if you're watching this and you would be honest and say, I don't know if I can say that God is my God, my savior, my friend, my counselor. Maybe he is for my parents or maybe he is for a friend of mine, but he's never been that for me. I just want you to know that today, the greatest news on the planet is that Jesus came to die for your sins and my sins, to bring us back into relationship with him and the Father, to bridge that gap. Sin has broken our relationship off with God. That's why at times you feel like you're very distant from God. God is actually very close 
but it's our sin that separates us from him. But God is so good and he's so loving and he's so ready to forgive. And he extends to you and I grace, God's riches that are undeserved, his favor. And he comes to us and he says, if we will repent and turn to him, he will forgive our sins, heal our hearts, give us a new beginning. And if you're here and watching this today, I want to offer you the opportunity to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It's as simple as ABC. We admit that we're sinners and apart from Christ, we can do nothing good. That we believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins and our shame and he took it on himself. And if we will confess that he is Lord of our lives and that he was raised from the dead to give us a place with him in heaven, to give us a relationship with the Father and to give us a purpose on earth, that we'll have new life. And so I wanna pray for you. If that's you right there where you are, look, you, can, you can in the comments just raise your hand and just say, that's me, I, I wanna have that. Uh, our, our team's gonna put a link down at the bottom in just a minute for you to let us know that that's you. But I wanna pray for you and I want you to uh, pray with me as I say this. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my guilt, my shame, and my sin, and you died for it. And you faced hell for me so that I wouldn't have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Now say this with all your heart. Say, today, Jesus, I turn from my sins to be born again. Be the Lord and Savior of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.